Sterling Holmes with fan-sided and stacking the box, joined by Pro Football Hall of Famer Emmett Smith. Emmett is here on behalf of Emergent to help raise awareness of Narcan nasal spray and the dangers of opioid overdose. Emmett, how you doing? I'm good, Sterling. How are you? Man, I'm doing great here. We were laughing a little bit before the show here, Emmett, that I'm here in Kansas City. I said, things are great. We got Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. We got barbecue. We got rings. Man, things are good over here on our end. But I do want to talk to you a little bit more about the uh, campaign you are a part of here, because I know during your 15-year NFL football career and beyond, you saw promising athletes develop opioid dependencies that derailed their careers. You lost teammates to accidental overdoses. Family members struggle. Can you touch on this and what you're doing with Ready to Rescue and, and the campaign you're a, you're a part of here? Yeah, with Emergent and the Ready to Rescue campaign, we're out just trying to spread awareness uh, around the dangers of opioid emergencies and so on. Um, the key for us is to try to get people uh, hence the ready to rescue campaign, try to get people ready to rescue someone if they run across someone that may be in, in need of help and services. Uh, by doing that, you can go to your local pharmacy and get uh, the Norcan nasal spray over the counter and equip yourself and have it on you wherever you're traveling and so forth, and carrying it with you, just in case you run into an emergency type of situation and no one knows when or where they may be needed. And so being prepared is really what, what Ready to Rescue is all about. Um, but opioids itself and, and the emergence of fentanyl on a national basis is plaguing uh, the entire country. And I don't want to see anyone else lose their life. I don't want to, uh, I really don't want to walk upon anyone. But if I did, I want I, I would know what to do uh, by having a Norcan nasal spray on me. Um, but uh, to get more information around the program itself, Go to Norcan.com. Uh, that website will give you all kinds of information. If you need help um, uh, disposing of some of the medicine, medication that you may have in your in your medicine box that you're not using. So someone that could be a dependent on drugs is not getting in there and getting your stuff. Uh, there's ways that you can dissolve and get rid of that stuff as well. So, But the website has so much information, more information than I can download to you right now. <laughs> we appreciate you helping everyone out here and helping the community and everyone else around you. I, I do want to talk about the NFL. And when you look around right now, there aren't a ton of three down backs, the bell cow backs anymore. It's a lot of specialization. Is that better for the running backs overall? Is it worse? It should honestly elongate careers, right? You're less hits, less amount of carries. But at the same time, you, you guarantee, you know, the owner's, the GMs are going to use that against you when it comes to contract negotiations. What do you make of these specializations in regard to the running back market now? Well, uh, um, I don't like it as a running back for me. I it, it took 15 to 20 carries before I got to rolling. I mean, for I really had a good feel of what was happening on the football field. And not only that, but by my 15 carry, the defense was was pretty much set and understood what was coming at them. And uh, so at some point, you have to give these guys the ability uh, to impose their will upon the defense. And you can't do it with three or four carries. I don't care what what anyone says. Uh, a quarterback cannot get into a groove by just throwing the ball four times a game. That never will happen. And even if he throws the ball 50 times a game, he still might not even be in the groove. 
He can throw the ball 50 times and have four interceptions for all I care. I mean, <laughs> Pat Mahomes Pat Mahomes experienced that last week against the Denver Broncos, right? Threw the ball and had picks, right? So uh, at the end of the day, ain't nobody trying to bench him. <laughs> no. So at the end of the day, you got to give guys an opportunity, a fair opportunity. I think to too many offensive offensive coordinators are trying to run so many plays. I think their goal is to run so many plays uh, throughout every week so they can increase their probability of scoring. And so that's what the league has shifted to. I think the league is catering to the over and odds makers, the, you know, the, the gambling world by throwing the ball so much and increasing the probability of scoring 30-some points or 70 points total so they can have the odds in Vegas. That's what I really believe is happening. And they're taking yeah. the ball out of the running back hands because the running back carries the ball. Guess what? The clock has been eaten up. Scores are starting to come back into range. And if the clock is being eaten up, people are not scoring as many points. And that could be and that could, for for some reason, I think the lead don't see that as valuable. Well, and I was going to ask you this because you played in a more physical era. You guys were focused on running the football, pounding the rock. Um, defensively, you could be more physical. Obviously, I think cornerbacks, are especially, but you look at some of the defensive linemen, some of the rules protecting the quarterback. You, it was a more physical era. How do you think that the, those Cowboys teams, those Super Bowl winning teams that you were on would fare in today's NFL with the rules now catering to the wide receivers, to the pass happy offenses? You know, how would you guys have fared? Well, I think Michael would have got more catches. <laughs> I think Jay Nocheck would have done well. Evan Harper would have done well also. But, you know, the running game probably would have suffered. But what I've experienced back in my day was, when things got a little out of hand, they turned to the running game to bring stability back to the offense. And you see that that's happening with the Jets. Zach Wilson is an inexperienced quarterback, uh, and they got great wide receivers, and they don't want him to beat the, the team. They want him to be a very effective. So they got to scale the offense back a little bit. But most importantly, they got to lean on what they can do best. And that is run the football right now. And they're running the football. And that's what teams do. And people forget they've used the running game to buy time for the quarterback to grow and mature in the offense. And so what's happening, don't use me up for someone else's benefit. Use me for the benefit of the overall team. And it's missing. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it last time, too. I mean, just you look at a team, let's say the Colts, right, with Anthony Richardson, they were trying to give him some time. That should be the situation where you pay a running back like Jonathan Taylor. They eventually exactly. came to conclusion. But what happened, uh, Anthony Richardson ended up getting injured. You hate seeing that. But that is a perfect example of trying to use a guy to help your young rookie quarterback. I want to ask you, because. I'm a little perplexed sometimes around the NFL on third and short, third and one, fourth and one, instead of just getting behind and running a halfback dive, picking up that one yard, they're getting cute. They're, they're running these, these end arounds. They're running um, these, these plays. Jet sweeps. Yeah. sweeps. And you're sitting here going, why? And even last night to an extent with Derrick Henry and it worked because it's Derrick Henry, but he he's doing the wildcat offense. What do you think about these trick plays in general, and why don't they just turn around and give the ball to the halfback? Well, well, 
the trick plays create opportunities to do other things. They take advantage of a guy like Derrick Henry in the backfield, right? And I'm going to use him as an example. He can run the ball, or they can hand it to him, let it run for the first down, or they can fake it to him and think like he's going to get the ball and run the jet sweep, and everybody's still eyeing Derrick Henry. The jet sweeps are there to distract people from really what's about to happen. And and give you eye make you have eye discipline as a as a uh, defensive defensive team. If I can get you to pause for a second or two, that pause gives my line a chance to get on you. If they get on you, it creates lane for my running back to get the first down. So it's all about eye candy and eye discipline as as, as a defensive player. But for us as an offensive player, it's about eye candy to throw you off and to pause, make you pause for a split second. Mm. You had 11 straight seasons going over a thousand yards rushing. That is just honestly absurd. I mean, I'm sure you look back now and go, holy, holy crap. How did I, that's honestly amazing. 11 straight seasons over a thousand yards rushing. One, how are you able to have that high performance and sustain it for so long? And were you aware of what you were doing in the moment or only when you look back? Like year seven, eight, where you start thinking, okay, I got something special going on here. No, you know what? In the moment, you don't think about it because I'm in the moment. Uh, But when you get to year 10 and 11 and you have a chance to reflect back, you see the consistency and, 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 and what you were able to the yardage you was able to accumulate over that time, then you start to realize, hey, I was a pretty good back. (laughs) I was a guy that was reliable and that you can count on. And not only that, but I think that productivity gave confidence to the offensive coordinator and our team that they could trust me with the football. And like I tell people, the best ability is availability. You said 11 straight 1,000 yards. Well, I had to be be available for a lot of the games in order to get the ball that much and to get 1,000 yards. So you touched on it earlier in terms of bell cows are no longer around. Um, I don't know why they're not, but I believe – we've gotten away from the bell cows because we're not raising football players like we used to. We're running. I mean, you think back to, to youth football. Everybody's running the wildcat. Everybody's running the shotgun. Everyone's running the spread. And they're running the wildcat because you got young kids that can't throw the ball as well. But then at some point they get to high school. Well, the high school systems are the same as the pop water systems. So now you get to college. Well, the college systems are the same as the pop water system. And so now you see adjusting happening in the pros of these things. So the, the, the development of players has been lost. It's been completely lost. Kids don't know how to run routes. They don't know how to uh, make adjustments in routes. They don't know how to get up the man-to-man coverage. Quarterbacks have been told who to throw the ball to. Therefore, they can't read coverages, Zach Wilson and others. Uh, They can't read coverages, and they're robots. Running backs can only run the ball when there's a big gaping hole. They're not being trained to utilize their complete ability. The vision that a running back has 
and allowing his eyes to lead his feet, some guys can't trust themselves with the ball. But some guys are very creative. And these offenses are limiting the creativity of some of these guys. Yeah, I think it's a very good point you bring up here, too, because you weren't the fastest running back. You might not have been the biggest or the strongest running back, but you had the vision, right? You had some of those innate traits that only come with growth, with being a, a student of the game. You know, you don't always have to run the fastest 40. That does not make you the best running back. It's, so, it's in totality. Um, what are some of the traits that make up a great running back? What are some of the underlying things that maybe get overlooked at times? Right. I think his vision is one of those things that 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 someone gets overlooked because running backs see things that others may not see. His ability to process that because it all begins with sight. And then once I see something, I'm processing it and how quickly can I process it and make it happen? And then the patience to give the illusion that I'm heading here, that I'm going to be patient enough. Then I'm going to close it off because you, I'm going to make you get so far out of position that you cannot recover. That's part of the process. Those are things that are that are not valued. Then his ability to make it happen, agility, side to side, to stop, start, and get to top speed fairly quick. Those are just unique traits. But beyond that, a running back in his totality is so much greater because now he has to learn how to block. And being able to block and not just run the ball will keep you on the football field first, second, and third down. Then, beyond blocking, can he catch? He has to be able to catch, too. So, cerebrally, he has to be smart. Understanding the offenses, the intricacies of the offense inside out. Can he go out and play in the slot? Can he go out and play wide receiver? Can he do so much? A running back, diverse, his diversity of his ability is so vast and he's so much so when people start talking about devaluing the running back i tell you you don't know what the heck you're talking about because his value is so much greater than just running the ball regardless of what the national football league would say that's why thurman thomas was so good that's why marshall fault was so good and it wasn't just about running the football that's why Emmitt Smith was so good. And it wasn't just about running the football. It was about getting out there, creating matchup issues against the weakest defensive player that you could, put him or her, nah, not her, but put him in space so I can dominate him one-on-one. Mm. Pro Football Hall of Famer Emmett Smith. That was amazing right there. That description right there, exactly why we talked last about the game being cyclical. I distinctly remember you saying, don't devalue the running back, don't throw the running back away, and then when, it, when the game comes back around, don't go asking them to help you out. Give them some love right now. Great Gotta take. Give Gotta give them Gotta love. Give them love. Emmett Smith, man, really do appreciate this so, so much. Again, thank you to Emergent. Thank you for the Ready to Rescue campaign. And make sure everyone goes to Narcan.com to get more information on how to help. Be prepared. Emmett Smith, thank you. Thank you, bro. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.